welcome to Buried the Lead. I'm one of your co-hosts, Winnipeg Free Press columnist Jen Zarati. I'm your other co-host, Winnipeg Free Press multimedia producer Aaron Labar. Welcome to the show. I feel like you should know that this is our third start. <laughs> because I have the giggles. You have the giggles, but also what gives me the giggles about your giggles is not your giggles, but the face you make when, <laughs> when you're trying, trying to not stifle to them. <laughs> yes, I know. It's like a, it's like a full body suppression. Um, yeah, we are kind of going very arts themed. Yeah, this episode. Yes, um, we're going to talk about winnipeg city budget stuff and uh some cuts and some maybe not cuts and some confusion around that yeah uh we're also going to talk about the junos yeah those are happening this weekend on march 17th on march 17th yeah in what's the whole city london ontario london ontario that is right um and then uh some sad news from our newsroom we're going to talk about uh one of our colleagues who passed away this week First, though, how was your week? Um, it was fine. I'm not super keen on this very erratic weather that we're having. It's like smart in the morning and spring in the afternoon, and then Lousy snow and weather. wind. Yeah, yeah, I'm not keen on that. So it's kind of making me want to hibernate a little bit because I just don't want to go outside. Um, we started sort of spring cleaning, which is always awesome. I Marie Kondoed my closet. Very nice. Well, just like my t-shirts and sweaters, and then I was trying to explain. Well, I just kept saying, just condo it to my fiance. And he's like, I don't understand what that means. And I'm like, you know, fold it like condo. And he's like, you're going to have to stop Bend that. Bend it like Beckham. Yeah. Other, <laughs> yeah. Other buzz phrases. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, you're going to have to just like quit that. So, <laughs> so I did fold everything like condo and he still doesn't really understand. I don't think, but it made more room in my drawer so that it freed a drawer for him to condo his own thing. See? So there you go. <laughs> I recently condoed my underwear drawer finally. Oh, yeah, it really is life-changing. Instead of, like, a heap of things, it's like... You can see everything. Uh, I know. And then I, like, color-coded it from darkest Holy. to lightest, and it's it's extremely pleasing. Wow. I keep, like, just opening it and being like, hi. <laughs> hi, guys. Hi, Andes. <laughs> How was your week? Uh, I... So, <laughs> daylight savings it happened. It has messed you up, hey? It has messed me up. And usually it doesn't mess me up this intensely. Like, I like a lighter day. I'm pro daylight savings, typically. Yeah. I wish we could just stay on this time, on always. this timeline always. Yeah. Instead of going back to the darker timeline. Um, <laughs> <laughs> because I do like... In the upside down. <laughs> in the upside down. Because yeah. I do like, in the summer, how eventually the sun stays out until, like, after 10. 10 yeah, which it's is awesome. amazing. Yeah. Um, because of where we are in the hemisphere. I know not everyone in North America gets the... 10 p.m. sunset but we do here um but yeah I just am really struggling I just am like my body does not know what time it is I'm extremely tired in the morning and extremely awake at night but here's the thing not like, working for me that I don't understand maybe you can explain this to me people, no, I'll try <laughs> people people lose gain miss an hour of sleep all the time yes. like you, you don't sleep the exact same amount of time every single night so what is it about the one hour change that you think like really screws you up? Is it just like to- like totally based on the sunlight, the sunrise? I think it, it's more akin to jet lag. Uh-huh. So because the hours have changed, like you're hungry at different times slightly, <laughs> you know. I enjoy that your life can be this impacted by like an hour either way. <laughs> it, and I'm not alone. Like apparently people like crash their cars and like all, there's many <laughs> studies that like people 
like daylight savings kills basically. Um, but I think it's just that little tweak where your body is confused and it doesn't last very long typically for me. Like usually it's a couple days and I'm fine. Um, and I try not to play the, it would be this time old time game because that's yeah. stupid. <laughs> yeah. But I feel like, you know, I took a, trip to Toronto and then came home like that's kind of what it feels like where it's just a little bit of a difference that makes a lot of difference apparently so we had some sad news in our newsroom this week our colleague and friend Randy Turner who was a sports reporter for a very long time and then a features reporter Uh, passed away from cancer. Um, He is a much beloved member of the media community here and sports community and just community in general. Yeah, he was a he was a gem. He really was. Um, He was one of those writers that I think whether you read the free press or not, you really looked up to. Yeah. Um, Because I think even non free press readers would know who Randy Turner is. Mm -hmm. Like his, his stuff just had that kind of reach because he was just so good. Mm -hmm. And the mark of a really good writer to me is like, I, I don't know if you've noticed from the show, but like, I really do not care that much about sports. Right. And yet he made me care about sports. Yeah. Because his writing was so good. And just the way he told stories was so... um, Universally interesting. And just insightful and thoughtful and just really, really great in long form. But also really great in short form. His Twitter? Best Twitter. Best Twitter. Hilarious. Yeah. Again, do not care about sports. 98% of his tweets were about sports. And I I would actually laugh out loud. Same. And so it was very fitting yesterday that he should be trending on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. It was so nice to see all the stories and comments and interactions people were tweeting and just like condolences and and things like that. He was very private and didn't really like the spotlight, Mm -hmm. despite being a very public facing person. Mm -hmm. Um many people did not know he was sick. Yeah. Uh, he never wrote about it. He never kind of came out with it. Um, so I also think that his death was probably very shocking to people. Yeah. Um, but even us, like we didn't really know exactly what was going on. I mean, we knew that he had been on medical leave for a while, but we didn't have any details really. And, until we found out that he passed away yeah so there was also a nice thing that he did where he would just for no reason walk up to your desk he had he had a bit of a randy turner shuffle that was very yes distinctive yes and he would just have two cupped hands that were filled with fun-sized chocolate bars yes and so yesterday uh jason bell bought the newsroom chocolate bars and uh it was just it was very nice it was just very nice to see how um impactful your words can be. Yeah. And that was such a nice reminder for writers that actually people, you know, read what you're saying and, yeah. you know, and, oh my God, we're going to be a mess in a second. I know. <laughs> but, uh, and the other thing too is, is that when you can tell people this stuff, mm-hmm. don't wait. If someone inspires you or you like their writing or you like what they're doing, tell them because... Mm-hmm. I think he would have, I think he would have loved it. I think he would have hated it. But he would have hated it. I also, I also <laughs> think he would have, he would have smiled. He would have yeah. smiled his, his little smile. Yeah. Yeah. No. Tears. Yeah. <laughs> tears. <laughs> you can't see it, but there's tears. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, also, if you're not, if you're a listener who's not from Winnipeg and. Go 
glasses. You are pocket glasses. <laughs> and you're not familiar with his work. Um, right now, uh, there's a bunch of his sort yeah. of like greatest hits that are available uh, in front of the paywall. Yeah. Um, so if you go to freepress.com, you can read uh, all his his wonderful, wonderful work. Personal faves, obviously City Beautiful. Yeah. And I also love the story that he did about the public toilets. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Yeah. And also the one about the strippers. Like, yeah, that was not a dancers. My apologies. <laughs> <laughs> that was very good. He and Melissa Tate worked on that story for like months and it, they were doing it right. Maybe like the year after I started working at the free press. And I just remember them. I was working nights at that time and they would come into the newsroom at like 8 PM to start, <laughs> start their day. And I'm like, what are you working on? And Melissa's like, Oh, we're doing a feature about exotic dancers. And I'm like, okay, sure. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. And Ronnie's like, okay, Melissa, let's get out of here. <laughs> like, let's go to the strip club. I really loved the very um, charming Boys of Summer Gold Eyes feature that mm-hmm. him and Melissa also worked on. Yeah. Um, that begins and ends with a Britney Spears reference that is <laughs> A+. Plus. So, yes. yeah. And then I might share my fondest personal memory. Mm. I used to work weekends all the time at night and he would sometimes be the Saturday reporter and there's a TV right where my desk is and he would just wheel up a chair and sit there with his tacos. <laughs> he would get like every, he'd always ask me, what should I get for dinner tonight? Cause there's tons of fast food restaurants around there and he would eat fast food every single time. He never brought his own food. But it was almost always he would decide on tacos, and then, <laughs> regardless of what I suggested. And he'd wheel up with his little tacos and, like, watch sports on the TV and, like, do commentary out loud as though I cared at all. And I'm like, Randy, can you be quiet? I'm trying to work, please. Like, come on, man. Yeah. Yeah, he was – I tweeted this, too, but there was nothing better than getting a Randy Turner compliment on your writing because yeah. it's, like – it is, like – the maestro being like you're good at this it, yeah. yeah that's how you know you did a good job is if yeah. you like i remember he retweeted our road trip he feature. really liked our road trip I know. feature really so so uh yeah when we do it again this year we'll be thinking of him yeah um let's stop crying yeah <laughs> and uh talk about some other stuff that's uh going on yeah so um city of winnipeg <laughs> did, yeah Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Suck it all in there. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, one more thing. Back to Randy Turner before we move on. Yeah. I do want to give a shout out to Ashley Press, who had the very tough task yeah. of writing an obituary. She did a wonderful job. All in one day yesterday. Um, and it was kind of amazing to look at. Like, Randy Turner wrote Linda Reynolds' obituary, and Ashley wrote Randy's. And yeah, again, just th- how thoughtful people can be in under a crazy deadline and you're yeah. doing crazy emotions because right because actually worked friends. with him for a very long time and yeah they were friends so shout out to her for doing an incredible job yeah now city budget so kind of the pr- preliminary budget was announced and there was a there was a line item that disappeared that made people quite upset mm-hmm. this week winnipeg arts council uh lost five hundred thousand dollars which is kind of allocated to public art so it's more destined less about big capital splashy projects and more about like smaller community-based um stuff and then as well the staff to facilitate that right and uh that was omitted and the wax sent out a um letter just kind of urging people to email their city councilor and be like public art is important etc which Mm -hmm. is true Mm -hmm. however yesterday at the at a public meeting where people can kind of members of the public can go basically be like air their grievances (laughs) it's an airing of the grievances about the budget before the budget is actually right set in stone 
Um, and Mayor Winnipeg Mayor Brian Bowman and uh, Councillor John Orlikow had took issue with how it was presented because they felt that the wording made it seem like they were getting no funding ever at all, at all yeah. and that the city was investing zero dollars into public art, mm-hmm. which is not true. They invest some four million, four point six million, I believe. So yeah, it's kind of I'm working on an editorial about this right now yeah, where you're it's kind deep of in this. Yeah, where it's like art is in the eye of the beholder, but so too is budgeting. Um I understand why the WAC is upset for sure. Um because I mean that is a lot of money, especially if, for what it's for. Oh, for sure. Um and it always sucks if someone's job is on the line as well and and one staff position would be threatened without this money. However, I think you have to be very careful about not causing a panic because people were very upset, I think, without having all the facts. Yeah. Um, at the same time, like they were talking about the city was talking about how they are like investing two point some million into capital arts projects. And the WAC is saying that there are no capital arts. Pro- anyway, it's a lot of it's said, a said. <laughs> back and forth budget quagmire a little bit. Setting all that aside, because whatever, people are going to argue about that. Um, The larger issue to me is how many people in Winnipeg seem to think that any dollars is too many dollars for the arts, especially because, you know, it's a tough budget year. Um, There are cuts to be made, etc. So I just I find it frustrating as someone who obviously cares very deeply about the arts, how um, people can be very all or none about it mm-hmm. like we don't we can't invest in in like the extras but i would argue that public arts are not extra no it's they not are, are very necessary to what a city is yeah and who the city is and how it feels and how it feels and i think yeah to his credit uh mayor bowman has talked about that and i mean I'm thinking of when he was talking at the mayor's luncheon for the arts. So, I mean, <laughs> it'd be pretty weird if you stood up in front of a bunch of arts, arts organizations. Arts don't matter. Like, Art, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although I did feel like the Jets came up too often in that speech. But <laughs> his his point was that arts not only make places attractive to visitors, they make it attractive to people who might consider relocating here or opening a business opening a business here or choosing to stay here Mm -hmm. and more and more young winnipeggers are choosing to stay here and our population is growing and the arts are such a critical part of that and Mm -hmm. i think he knows that and i think that's why the city will continue Mm -hmm. to investing so basically this is a very long-winded way of being like don't panic they're still investing in the arts yeah um but i think uh yeah well even on like a pure numbers basis there have been so many reports stating the economic impact of the arts music film community in this city and it is no small amount of money that they are bringing into this city in this province so and it's not just the city that invests in arts the province and feds do as well yeah um so it, it and it is important and i think you would it's one of those things that you may not necessarily notice when you have it Mm-hmm. but you would certainly notice if you didn't yes and think about places you visited it's not like when you come back and people are like how was it like their roads were great and their plumbing seemed to work like that's not what you remember like obviously those things are very important right. to a city but they're not the only things that are important right. to a city and basically that's what i kind of wish more people would would think about yes because often in the comments it's like well roads yes yes roads are important but it's a yes and not a yes or 
(laughs) (laughs) And that concludes my rant about... That's fair. It was a good rant. Thank you. We're going to talk about the Junos. We are going to talk about the Junos. And why no one cares about the (laughs) Junos. Well, actually, the question that I wanted to pose is why are the Junos less important than the Grammys? And to muddle up that question, are the Grammys important? See, okay, so the Grammys are not important, but I feel like the Junos hold even less cachet yeah. than a Grammy. I feel like in the strata of awards, you're right. Yes. And I don't really know why, because they are a bit of a chance to celebrate Canada's music. Yeah. Um, and I- I'm wondering if maybe it's more important, like, in Toronto or Montreal or places where, like, m- more musicians from there get honored or get noticed. Maybe it's less important for us because no one really seems to care what we're doing in the prairies <laughs> anyway. So, like, oh, well, we didn't get nominated for any Junos. Surprise. Well, and I think the frustration that a lot of people have with the Junos is that it is still about how many records you sell. Yes. Which I think is also obviously changing since the answer is... Zero. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's why the Players Music Prize was kind of a reaction to the Junos. It, mm-hmm. You know, it's the best, it awards the best Canadian album based on artistic merit. Yes. Which is very hard as a current juror and a former juror yes. are aware. Yeah. Um, I've also jurred the Junos. See, I'm curious about this because I've never been on the Junos jury and I was just wondering, like, I was just thinking today, how, how are these awards, like, Jurred. Yeah, so they do it. So <laughs> juried, juried. juried. Uh, they do it by genre, and it's pretty similar. Like you have suggestions, and you listen to them, and then you kind of just like vote on them and determine. Yeah. If I'm remembering this correctly, it's been a long time. Yeah. I don't even remember what genre I was doing either. I think it was like I don't alternative maybe. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, but I was surprised how you don't necessarily need to be super famous to be under consideration for no because I think people Juno. just they just apply like yeah. they just submit things to be considered exactly right? like and then you're the first filter and the problem with and this is the problem with any juried award I would argue is that you tend to gravitate to the stuff you already know and like yeah and that is like a historic problem problem yeah um so I think that is why you often see repeat winners not that they're not deserving but i think people are like oh well this record's this good i know who this is yeah the end see i'm the i do the opposite when i'm in polaris if i see a name that i know very well i'll listen to that record last because mm-hmm. i'm like i already yeah. know what you sound like i yeah. don't really like i'm gonna go check out this person that i've never heard of before like yeah. my, my my instinct is to do the opposite well and like my instinct is to be like award money for everyone like um everyone's good uh and it is really hard to look at an album on its own especially if it's from an act that has many albums it's really hard to kind of take an isolated look at it and not come in with bias right or resist the urge to compare it to right other things in their catalog or whatever yeah um so it is tough but yeah i agree but I, i remember when i kind of began music writing and you can speak to this too but did you find that like having like when you were talking about things like adding like they're a grammy winner or they're a junior winner was kind of like important to establish yes that they were worth it yes and now i feel like that's less so yeah i mean i still include that because it's information people want to know but like i feel like everyone and their uncle has a juno <laughs> so like <laughs> like i'm surprised i don't have a juno uh, <laughs> uh so i feel like it's like somewhat less 
I don't know. Yeah, it's uh, I, it's. Also I mean, I don't mean to diminish anyone's actual Juno win no. because it is an accomplishment to absolutely to receive national recognition like that. But I don't think it means anything in terms of necessarily quality or I don't think it comments on artistic merit. I agree. I also think that, and this has just been my life in general and maybe in fact it is definitely because i've never won one an award i've never i've I've (laughs) zero zero award award winner in general yeah no awards for me yeah um so that's why it's very easy for me to be like awards don't matter (laughs) 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 whereas i think if you were nominated or won awards you'd be like yeah this is important to me but i wonder if maybe we don't think the juno's matter and that's such a broad statement because they definitely matter to some people but like kind of culturally like I don't know how many people actually watch the Junos etc right talk about this next week when we actually have some numbers behind that maybe it's just because we still have that like Canadian like inferiority like you're not big till you make it in the states kind of thing maybe maybe that's why the Grammys tend to be a juggernaut we also don't have really an equivalent to the Academy Awards. No, not um, not to the not to the scale. No, yeah. not to the scale. Um, and like a lot of really great shows won like Canadian Screen Awards and right, you know, but they don't have the same sort of visibility. Mm. And same with like our literary prizes, like Giller. Yeah, yeah, that would be awesome if they had more like visibility. I guess more reach. Um, I mean, they are a very big deal in those circles, but like in terms of a national. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know, like, if you went up to the average person, it's like, it's like, name, like, name, 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 like, Geller Prize winner from last year. Right. So I don't know if it's just because of how we feel about Canadian content, if we're still not exposed to it enough. And I know that's, like, an ongoing conversation, particularly with streaming sites now, mm-hmm. how much we're actually seeing and absorbing that is Canadian and why mm-hmm. that is important or matters. But I think what's good is that now that other nations are starting to take notice of what we're doing here. So like the American popularity of Schitt's Creek, for example. Oh my gosh. I love that show so much. Um, suddenly Catherine O'Hara is getting all these like meaty magazine profiles. In yeah. The States, right. Yeah. So, and I think again, people are like, oh yeah, Canada. <laughs> <laughs> Forgot about you. Yeah. Um, Cause we've always been a huge exporter of comedy. Our comedians have done very well yes. and our actors have done very well. So yeah, it would be nice if we kind of, you know, cared more about like the award piece, but mm-hmm. maybe it's just because awards don't matter. <laughs> <laughs> but now that we're done pooping on awards, yes, we want to wish good luck to all of our Manitoba nominees at Juno's this weekend. Even exactly, we hope you win. We hope it offers more to you than just a statue you can put on your mantle, and then it opens doors for you. Exactly, nationally. Yes. exactly, because you deserve it, and you're you're you know we you're all great. You're all great. We do have a music scene that punches far above its weight oh yes um so yeah any junior recognition is good also speaking of awards i believe the national newspaper awards are also announced pretty soon so yeah. and i mean our newsroom typically gets some so yeah are you prepared to continue your zero nomination i am streak? prepared <laughs> i am prepared but my 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 attitude about the nnas yeah is that they are good for the whole paper they are so yes. it's like a high tide rises all boats kind yes. of situation yes for sure so that's why i'm always happy when we have some because yeah. also it's the same regional thing again right where it's like well all the publications from the gta right and then we consistently punch above our yeah station which is yeah great. so i hope the same for our musicians this weekend in london ontario 
Also, one more thing. I don't know if you've ever held a Juno. Oh, uh, yeah. The guys from Ken Mode let me hold their Juno. They are they're like 20 pounds. They're so heavy. They're very heavy. I almost dropped it and then I felt really embarrassed. They are extremely heavy. Yeah. Yeah. When I covered the Junos when they were here. Um, yeah. I was like, oh, my God. This is a chunk of glass. We're going to finish today with reading, watching, listening. We haven't done this for a few weeks. So. We have not. Um, do you want to start or do you want me to start? I can start. Okay. Um, I am going to do reading. Okay. Um, I'm reading, uh, so this book is not new. Like it was a very buzzed about book, but, uh, My Brilliant Friend by Elena Ferrante. I have definitely heard of that. Uh, yeah. It, she was like a big, she or they, I actually, I'm not sure of pronouns, but, uh, made a huge literary splash and it recently became an HBO series. Oh, maybe that that's what I yeah. heard about. Um, so that I haven't, I haven't watched it yet because I'm trying to work through a bunch of things before they are either turned into things or, <laughs> <laughs> or, uh, have been turned into things that I haven't watched yet. So okay. I actually have a bit of a sub stack of books <laughs> to my regular stack of books that are like, this is about to become a movie. Uh, so I should read it first, but it is very good. It's set in like, I think like, after the Second World War um, in Naples, Italy. Oh. And it is such a, like, I thought Judy Bloom nailed the roller coaster that is female friendship, but mm-hmm. wowza. This oh. gets into, like, all the nuance of, like, the like the jealousies that can sometimes happen. Oh, yeah. And, like, the, you know, putting each other down to make each other feel better, even though you're ostensibly friends. Like, all right. that kind of thing. Uh, it's very good. And can I borrow it when you're done? Of course you can. Kay. It's actually the first book in four. Oh, geez. Yes. That's quite a commitment. Yes. So this is book one. <laughs> it is childhood and adolescence. Okay. So that is what I'm reading. Um, I'm going to do watching because all I do is watch TV. Well, Even though well, I'm, in, same. I'm in a book club, but I, I mean, I have been reading, but I just started watching Dirty John on Netflix. Oh, I haven't started that yet. I, okay. So I started watching it because I love Connie Britton and I love true crime. Best of both so, worlds, yeah, right? exactly. And it's then I was uh, I read Jill Wilson's review in the paper, and I was like, "This sounds like something I would be into." So I think I'm like four, maybe five episodes in, and I'm really enjoying it. Except for the actresses who play Connie Britton's daughters are the most annoying characters. Oh no! In the world, to the point where like I have I can almost not watch scenes with them in it. The younger one, the the tenor of her voice and the way that she talks makes my skin crawl like I don't know what it is but I just it's awful some people have that some people it's just it's, I you I will find a clip for you and play it because like how your cat feels about uh Harry Nelson Harry Nelson yeah. yeah he just can't stand it he just wails and I'm like in my head I'm wailing while I'm watching this girl so I've had to like fast forward through a couple of things because I just couldn't like there was one scene where she called her mom crying so not like her normal voice amplified <laughs> oh, and, no. and like bawling <laughs> and I was like oh my ears so but like story-wise it is like based on true I'm not sure how much of it is factually I'm sure they fictionalized some things and I I there is like the underlying creepiness, but like the really bad stuff hasn't happened yet. And I know it's coming because Jill in her review said the last few episodes are just like bonkers. So yeah. I'm just like so on edge because every time something like fades to black, I'm like, oh no, what's happening? <laughs> so um, if you like true crime, uh, I would suggest Dirty John. Connie Britton plays a very frustrating character. She's married four times. 
marries Dirty John. Um, has like has a very soft spoken sort of naive, but she's very uh, wealthy. She has her own business. She's she's a very frustrating character for like a type A like super empowered feminist person like mm-hmm. myself. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> what are you doing, Connie Britton? But oh, uh, man. but yeah, no, it's it's really interesting, and I'm looking forward to watching the documentary that has also been released on Netflix once they finish the series. Cool. Yeah. Um, what are you working on right now? Oh, I have a really cool piece coming out on Saturday. The Times Changed High and Lonesome Club is undergoing major renovations because it is part of the Fortune Block um, on the corner of Maine and St. Mary. Uh, a local businessman bought the building as well as two other heritage buildings and they're revenovating, <laughs> renovating, <laughs> revamping, revamping and renovating. Uh, just created a new word. The, all those buildings. So um, I did a story about the renovations, the expansion, what things are going to be different, what things are going to be the same, sort of why it's an important venue in this city and why it would have been very bad had it been demolished as previously planned. Very cool. Yeah. Um, I am working on a feature about paternity leave and mm. dads who have taken it are currently taking it are stay at home dads. Um, I hope they put the headline rad dads on it. I hope so too. <laughs> um, and actually I was inspired to do this by, uh, a phenomenon in Scandinavia called latte dads. <laughs> <laughs> and it's basically all these like handsome Scandinavian dudes, like wearing their baby Bjorns with their coffee and like, <laughs> you know, cause they have very equitable they parental do. leave. Yes. Um, and there are many studies to show that if you have parents that kind of shoulder that weight, uh, that it is better for everybody, including, well, yeah, including moms, of course. Um, so Shocker. I, so I kind of wanted to see, I think still, uh, in 2019, it's sort of the cultural norm that moms take maternity leave yeah, or they're stay at home moms or they yeah. go back to work or whatever. And they kind of wanted to talk to dads about their experience with paternity leave and kind of navigating the system there are changes to how paternity leave will be structured in canada that are rolling out this month like so positive changes positive or? changes okay. so it's basically like recognizing that more than just ladies can be parents right um and so, need to be yeah yeah so uh uh sometimes your your primary caregiver is your father sometimes your mm-hmm. primary ge- caregiver is a grandparent so it's yeah. kind of just more of acknowledging that but i kind of wanted to talk to uh Winnipeg men about their experiences because I, I feel like that's very underrepresented. Yeah, my brother's on paternity leave right now. He's got a few more weeks left, but he got, I think, between eight and nine weeks. Yeah. And it has been great. Yeah. Because, like, my sister in law had, like, a pretty rough postpartum yeah. recovery and to have him home and helping and, like, yeah. taking care of the baby and getting to know the baby, right? Yeah. And spending time building that bond. Like, it's been invaluable for them. Oh, absolutely. And yeah. I, I really want to delve into all those societal norms and how, you know, men feel about being the one who is at home and, you know, having the mom be the one who works and all those things that I think are still not super mainstream totally uh what i was super impressed and encouraged by i put out like a facebook call which can kind of go either way either way (laughs) yeah I am lousy with dads. I've got dads knocking down my door. Like it's, 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 I have like too many realistically to talk to for this story, yeah. but my inbox just full of dads. That's great though. Which is awesome. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's the, the kind of thing I'm throwing myself uh, into right now. 
Um, you can find everything that we've written at winnipegfreepress.com. You can also follow us on social media. I'm at Jen Zarati on Twitter and Instagram. And I'm at Nairabel on Twitter and Instagram. You can also email us at buried at We've gotten a couple emails that are very cute and funny and I love them. So please yes. keep sending us emails. Um, the I Love to Read Month guy, we're looking into that. Yes, we are. <laughs> um, and also, if you have ideas about what we should do for our hundredth episode. Oh yeah. Which is fast approaching. Like, yeah. Very like faster. Like this it's is 91. I think I believe you're correct. Oh my gosh. Um, let us know. Yeah. Maybe it's, I don't know. Maybe it's a surprise guest. Yeah. Maybe our podcast studio at work will be done by then and we can have yeah. a party. Maybe it's another live pod like somewhere yeah. in your house. Maybe someone else's house. Who yeah. knows? <laughs> like give us ideas. Yeah. And we'll see you next week. Yeah.